says when the day of Pentecost had fully come they were all with one accord in one place and suddenly everybody say suddenly and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire and one sat upon each of them we know there were about 120 in that upper room that day and by the way, this was early in the morning or in the morning hours because we learned later that it was about 9 o'clock when Peter began to preach about what had happened, 9 o'clock in the morning. It says, Then there appeared divided tongues of fire sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And that's the Word of God. And Lord, add your blessing to the Word and give me grace to be able to share just for a couple of minutes here today to encourage our hearts. But I want you to notice in this passage the sound of a violent rushing wind. Then there was fire that came into the room and sat upon every single person in that room. A cloven tongue of fire sat upon each and every one of them. This was not just for the original now 11 disciples that were remaining. But this was for everyone in that room, men and women alike, young and old alike. Didn't matter if you were from Galilee or Judah or Judea or wherever you were from. Everybody received the fullness of the Holy Spirit in that room that day as symbolized by the fire on them. And so you could say that God was in the house and these people were on fire. And um, fire is one of the most uh, fascinating elements in the world. It is intensive. It is attractive. It's something that draws attention. It's highly desired when you need a fire to warm you, especially out camping on this weekend, those poor souls up there in the mountains. <laughs> they're huddled around a fire. Uh, it's potentially destructive, but it is also something to be feared. When we read through the Bible, we see that fire is closely associated with God's glorious nature. Um, the Bible tells us that God appeared as... as the angel of the Lord appeared as a flame of fire in a bush that was burning, but it was not consumed. Moses encountered the holy presence of God when he went there that day. He met, as if you will, face to face with God, and the Lord told him to take off your shoes. You're on holy ground. This isn't just a flame of fire. This is me. I'm in this fire, and you're encountering me. The Bible tells us that God's angels are ministers or flames of fire. We also know that God will, uh, that fire is a picture of God's judgment and wrath on rebellious people who refuse to turn to him, repent of their sin, just like it was with Sodom and Gomorrah. The Bible says that fi uh, fire and brimstone were rained out of heaven because they would not turn from their ways. And so it's a picture of God's judgment. Fire is also in the scripture a picture of uh, fiery trials that we go through. The testing that the Lord may allow us to go through and the purifying process that we all have to go through. How many have been through a test in your life before? Well, that was the fire of God purging and purifying your life. I know it wasn't fun, but you needed it. Amen. Amen. Turn, to, turn to tell your friend, you needed that fire. I can tell. And so... 
We see this in the scriptures. So it's, it's really no surprise that on the day of Pentecost, the Spirit of God was manifest in a flame of fire that came upon everyone in that room. The fire fell, and from that day forward, every believer became a flame of fire that spread throughout the world, first in the city of Jerusalem, then in the region of Judea, then into Samaria, and then into the other parts, most parts of the world, all the way to Butte, Montana, and southwest Montana. Woo, how many, I, I bet you didn't know you lived in the uttermost part. Amen. <laughs> Close to the guttermost part. No, no, we're not good. But it's, that's near Canada. So, no, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. The fire of God was within them, and it became a characteristic of the life of the believer. This is why Paul said to the Thessalonians, he was encouraging them, and he told them in the last part of the letter, he said, don't quench, snuff out, extinguish the fire of the Holy Spirit. You're supposed to be on fire. You're not supposed to be putting out fires where it concerns the Holy Spirit. You need to be a fire starter. You need to be on fire. That's what he's saying. Don't snuff out. Don't quench the Holy Spirit. Then Paul wrote to Timothy and he told him, he, Timothy was really discouraged. He was thinking about getting out of the ministry. He was thinking about quitting what God had called him to do. And Paul wrote him and said, Timothy, stir the flame that is in you up again. If the fire is dying, what you need is a restart. Amen. And you need to kindle that fire. Why? Because we're supposed to be people on fire. Woo, come on now. Can I get a Pentecostal Woo. Come on now. Amen. We need to be on fire. So today we need to get fired up. But what does this mean? What does this look like? Well, I want to remind you of what John said in, in Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. He said, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he who is coming after me, he's talking about Jesus. He who is coming after me is greater than I. And whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. And he will baptize you. Read this with me. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. That word baptism means to be totally immersed into. When you uh, get baptized in water, that was a Greek word when they would use it about sunken ships. When they would say a ship was sunk at sea, they would use the word baptizo, which means it's down in the water. And when a ship is in the water, the ship is not only in the water, but the water's in the ship. It's totally immersed. And so when you get baptized in water, that's one thing. That's a symbol of our commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. But that's, that's one thing. But, G, but John said that Jesus is going to baptize you into the Holy Spirit. Where you are totally immersed in the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is in you. And he's all over you. Hallelujah. Come on. How many need that today? And so John said, this is what it means. It's, he's talking about he's going to baptize you in the fire of the Holy Spirit because we need to be walking, talking candlesticks of grace. Amen. Of people that are on fire for God. And so, Sherry, I'm just putting you on notice. I'm not doing those notes. So now you can just forget it. Just up, set up there and enjoy. And I I, I hope I'm okay, but I, I felt like I needed to redirect by the grace of God. 
I want you, if you, have your, if you have a piece of paper, I want you to do something with me. On that piece of paper, write down the word fire long ways. We're going to do a little acronym. I'm going, to, I'm, going to, I'm going to try my best to be pretty quick because I don't want to wear out your time. But I need to say a couple of things today about the fire of God. The fire of God, the Holy Spirit has come to ignite a fire in us. He has come to set us on fire. This is what we need in our world today. And this is not a destructive fire, but this is a purifying fire. Amen. Your family needs you to be on fire. Your place of employment needs you to be on fire. Your school needs you to be a fire-filled child of God. Where you're not burning people, but you're letting them experience, like Moses did in the burning bush, the awesome glory of God in our world and in our culture. Butte, Montana, and all of southwest Montana, and Deer Lodge, and Anaconda, and all over this region, needs us to be a fiery people. And he's come to set us on fire and to ignite a fire. And that first thing, he came to, he, uh, for F, he came to ignite a fire of fervency in our spirit where we have a zeal and a passion for God. See, the Holy Spirit is not just some outside force that we talk about on the day of Pentecost once a year. We have to live by the life of the Holy Spirit or we're walking dead people. And we need to be alive with fervency. We need that fire to be, uh, we, need to be we need it to be stoked up in our spirit. How many here felt like your fire has ever gone out in your life? Like you lost your zeal, you lost your passion. That happens in our marriages sometimes. We lose our passion and our zeal for one another because life takes over, problems come on. And you know, once in a while, we need that fresh fire, that fervent fire of the Holy Spirit to come and set us on fire, set our rear end on fire. Get us up off our seats of do nothing, amen. And get us moving again, amen. And one of the things that happened on the day of Pentecost, the Bible said they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other languages. Let me just talk about that for a quick second. I know this is, is something of a debate for a lot of people, but we don't debate it around here. We just believe it and go for it. I don't care what people and denominations have fussed over over the years, and I know it's been abused by Pentecostals and Charismatics. I know we've pressurized people a lot about things concerning spiritual language. And I know that we need to repent of that. We don't want to pressure anyone. But I don't believe that we need to be passive about it either. Because God has given us this grace. He told us back in Isaiah that he was going to pour out this grace on all flesh. And he said, I'm going to speak to you with stammering lips and another tongue. And on the day of Pentecost, the Spirit was poured out, and the very first thing that happened, every one of them in the upper room, including Mary, the mother of Jesus, spoke in tongues. Yeah. Woo! Come on now. God wants to light a fire in your soul and put a fervency and a zeal in your heart. And one of the key characteristics is to let Him take over your tongue. You know why? Because the tongue is your biggest enemy. And when God's got control of your tongue, he can almost get control of you. And I would add in there your pocketbook too. But that's another sermon. Amen. I can't linger here. 
We need to get fired up in the Holy Spirit. And God wants to light our fire in the Holy Spirit. And I want to tell you, the, the speaking in tongues, the grace of the new language, Jesus told us in Mark chapter 16, verse 17, he said, these signs will follow them that believe in my name. They will cast out demons and they will speak with new tongue. Those are the words of Jesus. So we are demon slayers and tongue talkers. Amen. That's what God's grace on us by the Holy Spirit is. That's just part of it. That's just the opening door. And I want to tell you something. The, the gift of tongues and the grace of tongues is not the, uh, it is not the only evidence of God's presence on you. It's not the best, but it, it's, uh, but it is a grace of God. It's, it's how God demonstrates his presence on you among many other ways. And so God wants to put a fire in you and give you a new language and a zeal in your heart and something you can get fired up about. And it's not only, an, it is not only, um, you, can, you can appreciate I'm coming off my head right now. I'm trusting in the Holy Spirit. It is not only an expression of God's presence in your life, but it is also so important for ongoing spiritual warfare in prayer. Because really what God gives you that, when he, when he gives you a new language, he gives you a prayer language with which you can slay all the power of the enemy. Paul said, when I don't know how to pray, the Spirit, I just begin praying in the Holy Spirit with words that I don't even, and groanings that I don't even understand. But, and then he says, and we know, right after that, after he talked about praying in the Holy Spirit, he said, and we know all things work together for good to them that love God and are the called according to his purpose. Right after that great verse we love to quote, he's talking about praying in the Spirit. God works it out when we're praying in the Spirit and we don't even know necessarily what we're praying. But it's the power of God in our life. And he's praying for us. And he may give us discernment about what we're saying, but he may not. But you know business. You know how, how many of you know the Holy Spirit knows how to hit the target? I may not always know how to pray on target, but the Holy Spirit, it's no guessing game with him. Amen. Amen. And so things get done. Amen. My, I got I to tell you this story real quick. I was talking to my dad just uh, Friday, I think it was, and my dad, he's an 84 Pentecostal preacher taking off tomorrow to go up and do a big round of churches in Indiana starting on Monday. That guy runs circles around me. You're talking about somebody who's fervent in spirit. But he started telling me a story. I never even told him what we were going to do today and talk about, but he started telling me a story, and I was hanging on every word. And uh, he, back in the 80s, he was pastoring in a church, and there was a, a lady who had a friend whose husband had stepped out on her, and then he left her with two small children. And she was devastated. And the lady that came from my dad's church told that lady, he said, she said, you need to go talk to my pastor. He's a man of prayer. You go talk to my pastor. He's a man of prayer. So that lady made an appointment during the week, went into my dad's office, laid out her heart, tears all over, devastated and heartbroken. And my dad prayed over her. And then after he got done praying over her, he says, now, Nancy, you're not going to understand what I'm going to do, but I'm going to pray over you in tongues. And he quoted Romans chapter 8, verse 26, and said, I don't know how to pray, but the Holy Spirit knows how to pray. And I don't want you to get nervous. You don't have to. I know this is unusual for you, but I, I just want to pray over you because I, I'm at the end of what I know how to pray. And so, and by the way, this lady was from a Baptist church. Nothing against Baptists. Nothing against Baptists. I'm just saying, this is, she didn't come from a tradition of hearing this. Okay, that's what I want you to understand. 
And so he began to pray over in tongues. Then they concluded the time together. And he said, and he started weeping on the other end of the line. And he said, wouldn't you know, that next Sunday, here she come with her and her husband walking hand in hand into that church. And I don't know if that was the only thing, but I got, I got to tell you, that was one of the things. God moved. Amen. Come on. Can I get a good amen? I got to get on to I. I is the, is the word ignite, or uh, I'm sorry, illumination. Illumination. The fire of the Holy Spirit. He ignites a fire of illuminating light. You know what he wants to do? He wants to burn in your life so bright that people don't see you really anymore. They start seeing the light of Christ in you. That's really what he wants to do. This isn't about making ourselves look good, sound good, or be better than anybody else. Lord knows we're not. We're not better than anyone else on planet Earth. But when the Spirit of God comes and he lights a fire in our heart, He's setting us on fire to be a light in a world that is in darkness and is in turmoil and don't know how to get from A to B to C, and we don't either, but by the grace of God, we become a light in the darkness. And the Lord wants the world to see Jesus in you, and the best way that you can shine that light is to stay full of the Holy Spirit, is to constantly, every day of your life, cry out to God, uh, Paul said in Ephesians 5.18, do not be drunk with wine. How many thank God for the deliverance that's happening all around here, for the testimonies we had, and for sugar. Be not, be not drunk on sugar, but, <laughs> but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And that in the original language means keep on being filled over and over with the Holy Spirit. You never reach a place where you've heard it all, experienced it all, been there, done it all. Every day of your life and my life, we need to stay full of the Holy Spirit. One of the reasons why I not only need to stay fiery and fervent in my spirit, but I need to be a light. I need the light of Jesus to illuminate, to, to shine through me, and to touch people's lives, and to trance so that they can see Jesus and come to the faith that you and I have experienced. How many of you know that there are people in the world right now just waiting to encounter Jesus? And you're the man. You're the woman. You're the person. But how can I be effective if my heart isn't on fire with his light? I need to be a firelight. Amen. R. Everybody say R. The R word is repent or repentance. The Holy Spirit lights a fire of repentance in our heart. And so what, this is so necessary because I, I, again, I've already stated it, but let me just kind of restate it again. Just because you get filled with the Holy Spirit doesn't mean, or by the time you get filled, because a lot of people say, well, I, I want to receive the Holy Spirit in fullness, but I'm just not ready yet. I still got a lot of stuff I got to clean up. No, you need to be full of him now because he helps you get rid of that junk. Amen. That's why we need to be full of the Holy Spirit because there is stuff on the inside of us. There are lies that we're believing. There are strongholds that have their grip on our spirit, on our hearts, on our emotions that need to be broken. And the best thing you got going for you is the presence of the Holy Spirit helping you to get rid of that stuff. 
because fire represents purifying. Amen. So he's going he's gonna to walk with you through the fire. Amen. He's going to walk with you through those strongholds and those difficulties and those places of, uh, you know, maybe sin or, like I said already, sometimes, and we prayed this this last week, I think when John led, just talking about lies that we believe, things that we actually believe that aren't really from God, they're not necessarily an action. He doesn't want you to walk into in the spirit of defeat. And the Holy Spirit is not, he doesn't want you to walk in defeat. He doesn't want you to be overcome. He doesn't want you to be, he wants you to walk in the freedom in which Christ made you free. Listen, the Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Come on. Can you say that with me? Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So when the Holy Spirit comes into your life in full measure, freedom becomes your Rightful inheritance in Jesus. And you are free. And where you find yourself coming into bondage again or falling, falling into the same cycle of dysfunction, all you need to do is reach out to the Holy Spirit and let Him walk you through this failing and falling. I think sometimes what happens to us is when we fail... We feel condemned, but that's not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit doesn't condemn you. That's your emotions. That's the lie of the enemy. The Holy Spirit doesn't condemn you. He's there to comfort you. He's there to counsel you. He's there to help you. He's called the paraclete. Everybody say paraclete. I always think of that like a paraclete. You know, like you're wearing a football game or a baseball game. But when you think about it, it's kind of like that paraclete because what he does is he gives you a footing he gives you a strong footing when you feel like you're slipping and sliding away he's not when you feel bad listen he's not he's not con, he's not condemning you he's trying to convince you of who you really are and we need that this is why i need to stay full of the holy spirit this is why i need the fire of the holy spirit because even i i know it's hard to believe but even me i screw up I mess up. And sometimes, you know what I do? I withdraw in my spirit, thinking I've upset the Lord and I, I don't feel very close. Well, I'm going to tell you, you have, the Bible says you have a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And our friend is the advocate, the Holy Spirit. He's not going to leave you or forsake you when, he need, when you need him the most. He's here to refine us and to make us more like Jesus. And you know his number one goal in refining you? is to make you look and sound and walk and talk like Jesus. Amen. Come on, can I get a good amen out there? The Bible says that we're to keep in step with the Holy Spirit. But that, here's what that means. He's not supposed to be trying to keep in step with you. I got three, that's good. Where's the other 150? Come on. You're supposed to keep in step with the Holy Spirit. He's not supposed to try to keep up with you and just kind of fit in when it's convenient for you. So walk in the Holy Spirit and obey the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
We need to walk in obedience with the Holy Spirit because our relationship with the Holy Spirit cannot go any higher than our obedience to Him. And if you want Him to do a cleansing and purifying work in your life, you have to stay close to Him, walk in obedience to Him, and in that process, He's just going to constantly be cleaning up your act. Amen. Yes, He will. He'll bring you through the fire. Remember Job in Job 23, verse 10, he says, Job said, I am being tested, and when I have come forth, I will come forth as gold. Well, sometimes what the Holy Spirit is doing is he's working in your soul because he's bringing, he's making, he's making, in, he, he's making you into a big old bar of gold. Amen. It's going to be awesome. Amen. Let me just give you the E, where, and I'll, I'll close this down. In fact, maybe the worship team should come to make me hold my feet to the fire. Speaking of fire today. E is the word empower. He lights. The Holy Spirit has been poured out to ignite and empowering, uh, to empower us to be world changers. The Holy Spirit has been poured out and is available to all of us in this room to empower us to be world changers. Jesus said to his disciples, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. And we prayed over that. I mean, he enjoyed that. I love that today. He said, go out and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I've commanded you. The only way we can make a difference in Butte, Montana, Southwest Montana, the state of Montana, in our region of this Northwest United States, in our country, and all over the world, whether we stay here or go somewhere else, the only way to do it is by the power of the Holy Spirit, the empowering presence. And when the power of God comes on me and comes on you, there's a power, and it's that dunamis power, that dynamite-like kind of power, that explosive kind of power, that power that withstands all resistance and all obstacles. And he gives us that power, and we can penetrate the most difficult places. And we can go to places... God just opened up, you know, things just begin to open up. And God gives us influence with people and with people in our neighborhood and our schools and people around us. What is that? That's just not your kind and wonderful personality. That's the power of God. It's the power of God that makes the difference. And what? why do we need that? To be world changers. Change our world. Jesus says, but... In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, and in Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. He said, You're going to receive dunamis. That Greek word is it's where we get our word dynamite. Turn to somebody and say, I'm dynamite. Go ahead and tell them that. God wants us to be filled with a dynamic power that cannot be stopped we're not here to push our weight around in culture but we're here to penetrate the darkness to make a difference in the spirit of meekness and humility and love and grace and truth we have to be bible believing truth seeking people we don't we don't cower to the lies but we're not here to beat people down. We're not here to fight with people and fuss with people. We're here to lift Jesus up. And Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all people to myself. 
And when we lift up Jesus and we begin to proclaim him, the Bible said in Acts chapter 4, when they were threatened not to speak anymore in his name, they went home to the church and they prayed. And after they prayed, the spirit was poured out and the place was shaken. Literally, they, it, the house shook and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they went everywhere speaking with boldness. Amen. How many of you know that's what the world needs today? I believe the Lord is here today. I, I believe he wants to pour out his spirit upon us afresh and anew. In fact, would you just stand with me all over this place? I want the prayer teams to come on up. Please quickly move and make your way up to the front here and kind of spread yourself out a little bit. But today, listen, I want to invite you to come today. If you need a brand new touch, maybe you've been baptized with the Holy Spirit, but maybe you just lost your, your zeal, your fire. I believe the Lord wants to Stir it up again. Or maybe you don't know anything about what we're talking about when I talk about being baptized in the Spirit and speaking with tongues. Maybe this is the first time you ever heard anything like that. But you, you see it, and it's in the Bible. We see it throughout the Bible in the book of Acts especially. But it's not been something that you've ever received or experienced in your life. But you're, you're just open. You're like, Lord, if you're given it, I want it. And I don't mean it, the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about the grace of that anointing. Because the Holy Spirit is not an it. He's a person. He's a person. He has, a mood. He has moods and personality, just like you and I. And so he's here today to fill you. And he can give you a brand new language. Yeah, just begin to come if you want prayer. Just begin to come. I'm going to pray. And uh, I'm sorry we switched it up here. But they're going to sing a song. And uh, you're welcome to just begin to come. I'm going to pray. And when, if you don't want prayer, please be mindful that we're doing business up here. So you can take your, you know, go, go that way if you want to leave. But you're welcome to stay and pray if you need prayer, okay? Father, I pray that you would bless everyone in this room. I pray, God, that you would bless them and keep them and make your face to shine upon them and be gracious to them and give them peace. And, Lord, do fill every one of us afresh and anew. Have your way, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. God bless you. Let the worship team, you can stay and worship with the team as they sing us, if you sing this song if you want, but come for prayer.